Hey, I'm Corey. And I'm Lori. And this is the Nurse Circle Podcast. Bam! Join the band as we gather in our Nurse Circle and talk all things weight-inclusive, haze, non-diet, and whatever else is nourishing us. This episode is sponsored by our band online store. See the show notes for links on products that you can order with the band logo. Lori, can we tell folks about what band means? Of course. Band is badass non-diet dietitians. So it's and, a short Yeah, and this was so fun. This actually, at the time of the recording, just happened last week, and you and I were all over making sure that we could get a t-shirt based on what happened on uh, Fiona Sutherland's Mindful Dietitian when she posted something for the holidays and had that badass non-diet dietitian. And we came up with that acronym pretty quick together, which was so fun how our brains are so synced. So um, we have to thank Fiona for this beautiful extension of our nurse circle. And of course, Vinci was part of that too. So we are excited to, uh, to share that with people. Um, I'm Lori, and I feel that the first time we do this, we're going to be saying who we are a lot so that you get to know our voice. Um, but part of what we wanted to talk about today was just to give you a little bit of background about ourselves so that you know where we're coming from. Um, as haze and non-diet is a very ever-evolving process, you're probably going to hear changes throughout the next hundred years as we do this. Um, but just kind of where I've gotten to where I am um, comes from um, having grown up in a family of being the oldest where I was kind of like the person that was the rule follower and everything like that. And um, I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s. I started high school in 92 and that was very steeped in diet culture at that time. All my friends were dieting. It was cool to go to school and not eat lunch. Um, there was lots of kind of body talk all the time. There was body talk and dieting at home. Um, and so I think I just, I really grew up in that environment. Um, I decided in high school I wanted to be a dietitian. Um, even though I didn't go to university right after high school, I took some time off. Um, but I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at 19. And it was a very difficult time because I was losing weight and feeling horrible. And people kept commenting how great I looked because I was thinner than I was before. And I never lived in a larger body, um, but I was smaller than what I had been. So um, I was actually not diagnosed for quite some time. And by the time I was diagnosed, um, I had some complications. Um, and then when I had my first surgery, which was a bowel resection. Um, I was in the hospital for 19 days, no, sorry, nine days, and I wasn't allowed to eat um, because you can't eat until you get um, functional gut. And at this point, I was in my second year of university to be a dietitian, and I remember thinking, oh, I've learned all this great nutrition stuff, and none of it was helping me at that point. And the dietitian, um, walked into my room on day six and handed me a list of foods that I was never allowed to eat again because of my surgery. And it was just a, a no list. And I looked at her and I was just like, why are you so negative? Um, and I never wanted to be that. I never wanted to ever hand anyone a no list. Um, and I never wanted to um, make anybody feel like they're eating 
was necessarily what was causing any of their problems. Um, Crohn's disease is an autoimmune disease, and so it wasn't food that was causing my problems at all. Um, and then when I finished that, I finished my degree, but I actually had decided I wasn't going to be a dietitian. Um, and then after five years of university, I wasn't really sure what to do, so I applied for my internship. Um, sorry to <laughs> sound very blase about it. Um, and then I took one in public health because I thought, well, maybe I can do good by writing policies and stuff, which I discovered I don't like writing policies. Um, and then in my internship, I did an eating disorder rotation. And there was something about um, my lived experience of growing up in diet culture and then having a disease where people pointed at my body and commented on it even when I was sick um, that really resonated when I started working in eating disorders. Um, and in that, I got to do a lot of... Um, uh, learning about haze and um, I worked with a behavioral therapist in my sessions and she taught me so much about behaviors and watching clients and the importance of their story um, and then I just kind of um, evolved from there everything I've done since then has taken um, a health at every size lens and um, non-diet approach as I've become more familiar with that um, I worked in type 1 diabetes, and while I was working in there, I worked with a lot of individuals with eating disorders. Um, Diabulimia is one of the words that's often used with that. And I just kind of kept realizing that a lot of the times we were going back to all this body talk. So I've become more, more interested, focused, whatever the word is, on bodies, um, body diversity, how I can make people, help them feel more comfortable in their own bodies live the life that they want. Um, I've had two children. I have a 10 right now. She's 10. Well, she'll be 10 at the end of this month. So she tells you she's 10, 10 year old and an almost seven year old. Um, and um, I just want them to grow up and love, I didn't, maybe not even love themselves, accept themselves and their bodies. Um, my daughter's a gymnast and I joke all the time. I don't know how I grew a gymnast because um, it's a very body focused sport. And so it's kind of interesting that we spend a lot of time talking about um, fueling her body and, and is she comfortable and stuff like that. So it, it's really, I feel like my progress to where I got professionally was in order for me to actually um, support my children and the individuals that I was fortunate enough to grow and have. Um, and so that's kind of brought me to this point in my career. Um, I teach because I, um, at the college level, um, because I, I wanted to talk to more people about um, haze and being accepting of bodies and, and, you know, get out of diet culture and fitness culture and all that crazy stuff. So that's the Coles Notes version of me, I guess. Corey? I always knew you were cool, but you're just, every time oh. <laughs> cooler and cooler and cooler. So I love hearing this. Oh, thank you. And I am kind of open. Hence the reason I think part of this podcast started is I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll talk about it. I think we all need an outlet to talk about what's going on. And to be honest, I need to hear other people's stories. Oh, for sure. I agree. That you are not alone, that we all have things going on that challenge our beliefs and our values on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, a lot of your story resonated with me. So, um, you know, in terms of 
upbringing, I kind of had this complexity on one side of it. Um, my brothers were athletes. And so there was a lot of talk around fueling the body and how you feel and helping your endurance. And, you know, food was more of a of a way to, to feel good and, and to do more of what you love. But yet on the other hand, everyone in our family was on a diet. So there was also this dynamic of, well, if you're an adult, that's not true for you. If you're an adult, you need to deprive yourself and you need to suffer and you need to look a certain way. And it was kind of like, again, the pendulum, right? The opposite side of that pendulum. So, um, you know, I remember going to high school and same thing, you know, eating carrot sticks for lunch. And although I liked carrot sticks, um, I wasn't really sure why I was eating them. It was because everybody else was eating them. Um, and, you know, being very body aware at that stage of my life and doing things like, I think one thing, you know, everybody was doing was wrapping themselves in saran wrap. So, what? hey, I thought that was a good idea too, until I realized how uncomfortable that is. Um, so I, I look back now and I'm way more aware after my training and experiencing health at every size and mindful eating, intuitive eating. I realize a lot of the things that I did at that time of my life, um, was just because it was normal in the sense of the diet culture that I was immersed in through friends and family. Um, but yet it was not normal for me in terms of that's not how I wanted to live my life. And things always felt off. I always felt like I was the outsider and couldn't relate to people. And, um, you know, I felt like I was always going against the grain and couldn't figure out where I fit in in terms of socially or whatever. But then when I went to, uh, I guess it was grade 10, we did like a career studies thing and dietitian is what popped up for my um, career path. And so that's how I fell into it and coming home and my grandma saying to me, hey, I want to be a dietitian too, but I never ended up doing that. She did a million other things. Grandma's like my hero. She just is like so awesome. entrepreneur to the nines. I love her. Um, she's done so many cool things. Anyway, um, I realized that I did not want food to be this, this burden, but I wasn't an athlete either. So I, I felt like I still had a lot of learning to do. And then going to university and the training that I got there, I was like, well, this isn't what I was looking for either. So if this is what being a dietitian is going to be like, I don't know if I got it in me. Mm -hmm. um, and so luckily, shortly after university, um, you know, I worked in the hospital for a little bit. I knew I didn't want to work there either. It just didn't give me the you know, crunching numbers and pouring um, tube feeds down and, and knowing the exact number people had to be on. And I just, that didn't do it for me either. So fell into counseling and I knew I really wanted to be there and, and drew back on my experience while I was in university. I worked as a nutritionist at a gym. Um, and every time people came to see me, they were miserable. <laughs> they did not want to be there. They felt like they were, you know, in the confession box, like telling me all the bad things that they did. Um, so after having all those experiences, I realized like you, I wanted to be a dietitian who, you know, people were excited to come and see. People were excited to come tell me their story and felt you know, I've been learning about this whole world about safe, not being safe, but being brave enough to to say what's going on and for me to help guide them. I never wanted to be the teacher or the teller or the expert. Um, I don't want to wear that hat. 
uh, I've heard you say, I'm the expert of me and that's it. So I totally relate to that. And, you know, throughout my journey, my first couple of years of practice is what I learned about health at every size, which then led me to mindful eating and then led me to intuitive eating. So I kind of use a blend of all of those um, to, to really help me just be with people and hear their stories and just help them overcome that diet mentality that's still ingrained like 10 years later, yeah. uh, still living in that same society. Um, and I think, you know, people are just ready for an approach that is, is different from what they've been entrenched in, but they're often not aware of it. No one's out there visible enough. And I think that's why I'm so excited about this podcast. Um, and now being a mom of two, my kids are one and two. Um, and, you know, working with, with families who just get caught up in the busy of working and taking care of kids and, and the doing gymnastics and all the, the busy schedules. I want to be that parent who's there, who's present and not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, and, and able to, to model that for my children that they can still take care of themselves and check in and eat in a way that works for their bodies or whatever it is that they are doing. Um, so I'm so glad the universe has aligned us again to come back. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a second of how Lori and I got together. But, um, yeah, so that's my journey so far. That's why I'm here. Um, and Lori always loves spending time. We just needed an excuse to spend more time. We did. Totally. We had a, like a 10 minute meeting that turned into this. Um, I love when you use the word suffer, um, when you were talking about it, you felt like People needed to suffer, um, to be thin and stuff. I still think there's so much of that in society right now. Um, you're not working hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. And I'm sure we'll talk about this at some episode at some point. Um, because I think both of us, I think we both come to this with an approach of helping to alleviate suffering in, in what we internalize or that kind of thing. I like that. It's so interesting. I don't think I've ever asked you your story before. <laughs> okay. We always just talk. <laughs> um, kind of so, yeah, it's kind of weird. Well, I met you in what would have been 2004, maybe? You were in third year university, oh. and I was in my final year. Or I was in second, I think. Were you in second? Because... Well, when I really got to know you is when you were hired for the, um, the nutrition educator job. And I was the one year ahead of you, and I had the one position, and you got hired for the other one because what they did is they had a fourth year and a third year, um, and I had been the third year the year before. And then I, I, we, I think we crossed paths in classes um, prior to that, but that's where I felt like I kind of really got to know you. It was a cool experience to get to have that office time with students, even though I not sure I had a clue what I was doing, uh, really. Um, but I think it really helped me start to learn to listen because I was so scared and overwhelmed <laughs> at the time. So we've known each other a really long time, <laughs> kind of passing in and out. Ten, 10 plus years, I guess, since I've graduated. So yeah, 12 years, 13 yeah. years. Yeah. Really I know. And then we, what did we do? We crossed paths after in after you were done your internship you were doing a Crohn's and colitis walk yeah um, I don't remember what year that was as a nutrition 
it was early. I think it was my one of my first years working at the family health team. So that would have been in 2010. Yeah. So then we cross paths then because you were giving nutrition, like, like I don't like demo maybe. No, maybe. Yeah, I was just there as a support for yeah. chronic illness and ways to manage eating so that it wasn't I have to eat this way kind yeah. of your experience with the dietitian in the hospital yeah I, I was that dietitian for a very short period and I didn't enjoy it either no um, so yeah I was just there just giving some nutrition support yeah and then I took your one of your nurse body courses and it was when I printed off the certificate that I saw the address and I was like I think I emailed you right away I was like we live 10 minutes apart <laughs> how did we not know this oh well thankfully you took the course because I think that yeah has reconnected us yeah for sure and I think we'd also spun in other places like frenetic and yes. um like things like that we'd cross paths too because we were kind of on the same path but different bridges oh I love that Oh, thank you. I, thank you. I'm, I'm rocking the metaphors today. Um, but it, it, it's almost like we were, we were going to Hayes Island, um, but we weren't always on the same trajectory, I guess. Life and jobs and um, just, I guess, growth in that area. It's just, yeah, it's kind of cool. I think it's super amazing. We have a fairly... Um, um, I don't want to say large amount of Hayes dietitians in this area, but I think it's more than other areas. So it makes working here kind of cool. Yeah, I think that was my fear when I left the hospital because there you have 10 plus dietitians and, you know, not having that, there's obviously the online networks that you can connect to, but being able to sit with someone face to face and have a, a coffee because we both love our coffee. Yes, we do. Um, nothing can replace that. And I think no. who you are, if you're a mom, a, a caregiver, uh, an employee, an entrepreneur, whoever, whoever you show up to be in, in whatever living body you're in that, that connection, which is so hard to get these days because we're so busy. Oh, for sure which I think was part of our, our plan for this podcast, right? Was to yeah. show up and share our stories and just be real in terms of like, this is what's going on in our life right now. Even as a Hayes mindful eating dietitian, we still experiences our own challenges. Oh, for sure. And I think you know, we need that honesty and that openness to be able to say, yeah, like sometimes things are hard and sometimes we need that support and here's, yeah. And then we get to share resources and, and talk out loud. And instead of writing a blog post, which I know we both love to do, yeah, this is kind of nice too, because now we get to have a conversation with each other and not just to ourselves writing. Exactly. And you get some feedback, which I always think is so important. We, um, like when both of us write, and when we write, it's you throw it into the universe and you have no idea what, if anything, will resonate with anybody. Um, and I'm not sure I've been brave enough to turn the comments on, on my blog, so I don't even really know. Um, and I think it, it's just so nice to be like, oh, yeah, you've been through this as well or something, because um, there's a lot um, just navigating life, I think, and then um, with both of us having children, navigating that life as well. And um, 
like society right now is just bizarre at times. Um, and so I think that we can, it's really easy to get caught up in a lot of emotions and feelings. And um, I don't know about you and I don't know if you would be comfortable to talk about it, but I, um, I rode the I suck train for quite some time after having children. Um, that was a learning curve that I was not prepared for. I remember going to my daughter's um, pediatrician appointment at like two weeks looking at the doctor and was like, why do we read textbooks? They don't work the way textbooks say. And then, but it was also one of those moments. It's like, I've taken it back to my work is humans don't work like the textbooks ever taught us in school. Like we learn diet, like, um, diseases in isolation <laughs> or um they just talked about like the lived experience of this um and so it's been super fascinating to kind of work through that as well and bring it into my work um and i think it's you know we all fail <laughs> i hope i'm not failing all the time but um it, it helps us learn and grow and be open-minded so I'll probably talk about that a lot because goodness knows there's many days where I go, wow, did I drop the ball on that? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we have to live that to, to really understand what it means. Though, right. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you were saying that the I suck train for me, it was the, the pendulum swinging. And I was talking to uh, Julie Sweeney earlier about this in terms of when I got married, I did not want to be like, boot camp bride in terms mm -hmm. of walking down the aisle, super fit, starved myself, exercising overload. I just, I did not want to fall into that because that was all my friends were getting married at the same time and, you know, listening to their stories. And what happened to me was I swung too far on the pendulum to the other side of just, I stopped everything. I stopped. Like I was someone who at the time went to the gym early in the morning before work because I love doing that. That was just part of my self-care. And I stopped doing that because to me, it was associated with this boot camp bride. And I stopped checking in with how I was feeling with food choices. And I remember getting to wedding dress fitting day and my dress was a little bit snug before when I had purchased it like a year before. I hadn't really put it on since then. And that that panic that set in like, oh my God, am I going to be able to do up my dress? Um, and then like the guilt and the shame and the like just experiencing all those emotions. And then on top of that, feeling shame of like, well, you're a dietitian. You, you should know how to handle this. And like, mm -hmm. you're, a, you're a haze dietitian. You shouldn't let this bother you. And like my head was going to blow up with all these thoughts. And so once I had the kids, what I had learned from that experience was, okay, this pendulum is swinging too extreme. Like I need to figure out where is this pendulum going to work as of today? We've never lived today. Right. Yep. So for me, it was like, okay, what, what is going to work for me? And then when I had kids, the pendulum started swinging again because, mm -hmm. Hey, you're not sleeping. You're, you're the only one. If you're nursing, I was nursing. You're the only one I didn't pump. Um, so like I was the only one who could feed that baby. I was with the baby 24 seven. I was getting up and that was a choice. I chose to do it that way. Um, and so I went through it again and then I got angry at myself because I hadn't learned enough the first time <laughs> the pendulum swinging. And so I had this anger build. So I rode the ang angry train for a little while. Oh yeah. And, um, 
you know, it's just, I think what the lesson that I really learned, well, let me be two, is one, you can't have a happy ending to an unhappy journey. Oh, that's so true. A huge pivot shift for me, huge perspective shift, because if I couldn't enjoy those late night throw ups and like poo explosions, oh, and, God, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't enjoy the, the fun stuff either, right? You can't enjoy those little cute little snuggles and that smell of baby and Mm-hmm. Um, I was finding it really hard to enjoy even the good stuff. So uh, I think what I learned from that is is just to be present. You need that self-care and you need to figure out if it's not the half an hour, hour workout that you used to do, it's what can you do? And mm-hmm. to be able to be that mom or that spouse that I wanted to be, um, I had to learn that again because yeah. I had never learned – being a mom or I'd never lived being a mom. So um, I think it's ironic the the pressures that, you know, we all put on ourselves, no matter who we are or what hat we're wearing, is that we all we all have these challenges. And I really love looking at it as challenges instead of struggles. Yeah. Or like suffering is optional if if you can learn to look at it as this is just part of the journey. And mm-hmm. even if you're a mindful eating dietitian or health at every size dietitian or or person, if you're not a dietitian, um, we're all going to have those experiences that shake us and say, okay, is this no longer working? Oh, for sure. No, I think that's great. Um, I think we all, um, if we look at our lives and, and use them as kind of like learning experiences, I think that's so helpful. It's just like a quiz. <laughs> and you, but you don't pass or fail. You just do it and move on. And you learn something sometimes, and sometimes you reflect and learn. Sometimes you have to learn it a couple of times, right? I mean, yes. Or a hundred times. Um, because, you know, it's, to me it goes back to the science part of the way the brain works, the way our emotions work. They're so hardwired. It's like dieting. The people who've been dieting for 40 years. Mm-hmm. That one session with them is not going to cure them of their diet. No. Mentality and may never cure. You know, it's no. what you were saying about your, your kids wanting to love their body. They may never love their body, but if they can grow up and respect it and learn how to take care of it, that's great. Yeah, I also, and this might sound really naive, but I also almost want it so they don't notice it. Like if, if you could just not notice it, it's just there. It's part of every, everything. Um, and I, I don't know if you have, can ever really fully get to that point, but I think that would be pretty cool to live in a world where you just are. Um, kind of reminds me of um, when you were talking about the space suit the other day. Oh yeah. Your earth suit. Your earth suit. Yeah. Which I don't remember who said that please someone let me know because I feel like this person needs credit and I can't remember what podcast I heard it on, <laughs> but just to live in your earth suit, you only get one, right? It's yours forever. Your brain sits in it and your brain and body don't necessarily talk to each other. Your body's going to do what your body's going to do. And, um, and I, I kind of just, I love that vision when I say that out loud in my head, like your earth suit, it just, it makes it, your body sound more fun. <laughs> and, um, that what you need while you're here. I don't know. I, we talk about that at home. Um, sometimes I'll be like, you know, you're, if one of the kids is running around naked or something, I'd be like, you know, I should put some clothes on the earth suit today. Um, 
but it's just kind of like we've normalized it a little bit that way. Um, so yeah, so I, I kind of just idealistically, I guess I think that's where I wish we could go in the world, but I'm also can be a bit of a realist and you just have to walk outside for 10 minutes to see where the rest of the universe is. Yeah. I was having this conversation about um, like, you know, talking about the pendulum and just finding, finding balance between, for me, it was all about structure, like Mm -hmm. meal planning and structure were very much negative experiences or beliefs that I had around using it because for me, it, it kind of triggered that whole diet mentality of meal plans and you know, calorie counting and knowing what we were going to eat for the whole month. Like that just scares me because I'm, I, I don't know what I want to eat at dinner tonight. Like I know, no, I know. <laughs> and look and, and like feel it. Okay. This is what I want. But having the kids, you know, when I go pick up my daughter from daycare and come home, they're hungry or they're tired. Yeah. And, me scrambling and figuring out what it is that I can't think what I want in that moment because there's just way too much going on. So again, it's like the pendulum swinging again. So now I've got to figure out, okay, can I maybe think about meal planning in a way that works for our family blended with if I make something for the kids and I choose not to eat that and maybe I'll eat later when my partner comes home, maybe that's just going to work. And get over that whole, we all need to eat at the table together every single meal. Well, maybe that's not going to work for our family all the time. Yes. That's actually something I had a lot of mummy guilt over, um, having two kids who are pretty active in their sports. Um, We, this last school year, had two nights a week where we were all home for dinner. And I literally was freaking out for lack of a better word about you know it's my responsibility to make sure we all get together and eat and talk and I want to normalize eating and then it was all of a sudden I'm like but you know what I might be sitting in the car driving because we live in an area where you have to commute to almost everything uh driving 35 40 minutes something but I have both kids in the car and they're eating their dinner together beside each other and we're having this amazing conversation like I won't turn the radio on we'll just talk and okay I need to acknowledge that it's done in the car not at the table and you did a post about this the other day about picnics and stuff um that I saw but it's um it's that it took me a while to wrap my head around that I am eating with them I'm just driving at the same time and maybe I don't have a hundred percent focus on them but we're still having this conversation and we're still doing this and um it, it took me a while to let go of that I love that because it reminds me of this whole thing around like I I call it mindful eating practice mm-hmm. just so it has some kind of pursuit to come back to. Mm-hmm. But I definitely use elements of all different approaches with, with clients because it's really about their experience and what works for them. But I think often when we talk about mindful eating, there's a lot of diet mentality that gets tangled in there oh for sure who is writing about mindful eating right Mm -hmm. because weight loss tied to mindful eating and one thing that i've seen mindful eating is you have to eat at the table and count how many bites you're doing yeah right whereas no that may not work for that person no (laughs) oh my goodness i can't even count how many tongues are on a fork while i'm eating (laughs) I just, I couldn't do that. 
But I think that's like the point of, you know, overcoming your diet mentality is if yeah. you're so focused on, I got to eat at the table, we all need to start talking to each other. And that it, you're so stressed that you're not present in the moment. To me, mm -hmm. it's about coming to whatever, if it's the table or the car or the picnic or the whatever, are you actually there? Yes. Are you, are you able to enjoy part of it? And there's days where you're not going to be able to, but again, that's not a failure. It's not mummy guilt. It's just, or parent caregiver guilt. It's just something was off today. I got to check in. So next time I can maybe be more present or try something different. And we don't need to know the answer all the time. So mm -hmm. I, that's why I love working within a health at every size framework because it really looks at health from a more health equity perspective and you know, looking at all the layers if you're you know working with different populations you got to make sure that what what we're traditionally taught of eat this way may not work for certain populations mm -hmm. so i'm so excited for us to get into this more in different topics Oh yeah, me too. It's like when the way you just said about eating at the dinner table, that's a rule. It's like diets are rules, right? It's all these rules. And, and I was also thinking my family is always at the same spot at breakfast. Who said it has to be dinner? You eat together, right? Um, because we're all kind of getting ready together at the same time. So it, it's just that cool kind of flipping the rules on the side and seeing where everything fits in. And yeah, I think that's awesome. So what can people expect from us, Lori? What are we going to come back with? Um, well, it's funny because um, I was mentioning this to someone else, and their, their big thing was, I think the most exciting thing is, is for you to work really hard on not swearing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Do you have any other ideas for topics? She's like, no, I think that's a good one. <laughs> um, so I'm going to work really hard not to swear. Um, unless we decide to put an E on this, then whatever. It's all for you. Um, I think um, my thought is kind of talking about um, different avenues that we've learned uh, and where we've learned them from. Um, I'm big into storytelling, as I think every, as you are, but I think everyone will start to kind of hear that. Um, we, I can do the, the superhero villain monologue, like no tomorrow. So I will apologize now. Um, but I think talking about just how do we live in this world right now that is so steeped in diet culture, wellness culture, whatever we're calling it today, um, that makes us think we're not okay. Um, and now how do we go and walk into that and still be okay? And how, are we going to raise our children to be okay? Um, and probably random comments on coffee. <laughs> That's my thought. What about you? I, I love that. I mean, I look to you because of the stories you tell me all the time about being a parent and, you know, approaching being gender neutral and going into the gym moms and having conversations about bodies with coaches. And, you know, I'm so excited to to learn from you throughout this process but oh I as i am of you you i am always like oh i learned so much from Corey every time i get off the phone <laughs> like it's so cool 
yeah, so I think, you know, selfishly, I think I'm in this also to continue to learn and a place to talk out loud and engage with people and hear what other people are dealing with and, you know, offering our, our not only just our dietitian lens, but I think it's just the living body lens, right? I mean, yeah. we have our own identities and privileges that we you know, I think I'm still partly blinded to, and I'm learning about that as well and how to be showing up and being inclusive um, for whoever's listening. So, you know, I'm just here to be open and present and yeah, just share whatever topic we're talking about. Let's just be honest of how we're experiencing it and how we're dealing with it. And sometimes I think we're going to deal with it well. And I think sometimes we're going to share our stories of, Hey, Lori, this is what happened today. Like you said, I didn't do that so good. <laughs> yeah. What can I do? What can I do next time? Um, I don't think we'll always have the answers, but together and with whoever's watching, listening, um, we are just going to keep growing. So I'm I'm here to grow. Me too. And and I think that's part of this whole movement is um, like following Hayes and stuff is just the constant growing and learning and um, you know being accepting of criticism when you're not going like I don't want to say going in the wrong direction but when um you aren't aware of a bias or a privilege that you have because you've never realized that you have it before and just being open to stuff like that and so I think that um just talking to you makes me more aware of things and words and I'm big on words um and so I think that um it's just kind of just a really cool learning opportunity for us and hopefully for someone else at least one other person <laughs> I'm, learning it. I'm sure someone else out there is gonna want to learn it too so maybe they can learn it from us and not have to experience it in a hard way but hey we all have to learn it our own way so and maybe sometime if we ever get um completely organized and i will admit that this side of the the spectrum of us is the least organized out of the two of us um we could even do like questions yeah, yeah. or yeah like find us on social media shoot us a question um and maybe we can talk about that a bit um i have some ideas for books that we could read and review um and just things like that just kind of like what's going on in the world with regards to all this sounds good so we'll be back catch us soon yay Great being with you today, Lori. Awesome being with you. Thank you for being part of our Nourish Circle today. We hope you join us next time.